because Robin Williams, right? That's like what he does. Mm-hmm. But it is weird seeing him be out crazied by Nathan Lane. <laughs> like, like that that energy is just. Who steals this whole movie? I mean, he steals this whole movie. And they have great chemistry together. You like, actually believe they're they're a couple? Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. Welcome to Idiot Block, a comedic podcast critiquing, discussing, and analyzing the media industry through reviews, debates, and historical deep dives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Idiot Plot. On today's show, we're talking about another one of our movie pick series. Um, Justin picked a film. We'll get to that in a second. But like as always, I'm David Yan, and joining me as my co- joining our co-hosts Alex Overdahl, Gene Hackman in the role of a lifetime, and Justin Neitzel. How about them dolphins? Which you can actually say nowadays. Now, people couldn't get it from those quotes, Justin. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what you had us watch this week? I had us watch the 1996 Robin Williams, Nathan Lane. Gene Hackman starring The Birdcage. Yep, that's right. The Birdcage, the, the American remake of the French film La Cage à Fall. We'll get right into that in a little bit, but first we're going to open with, with what we watched this past week or month or basically whenever. This isn't, this isn't really what we watch this week anymore. It's more just stuff we like we haven't talked about yet at this point. Basically. So... so with that, Justin, why don't you kick us off? Well, this isn't something, this one is not a good movie, but it was a fun, stupid movie, and it just happened to be on, and that's um, the 2008 Jason Statham Death Race. Oh, I know this movie. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I've seen that poster. Yeah. It's actually got I've seen that. a really big kind of cast. I mean, it's got Jason Statham, Joan Allen, Tyrese Gibson, E. McShay, um, Jason Clark's in it. It's just like, going back, I was like, wow, there's a lot of big names in this, but I mean, I know I've seen this DVD cover at a grocery store somewhere. It's basically just um, Jason Statham gets accused of murdering his wife and gets sent to this prison where Joan uh, Joan Rivers... <laughs> please, please let me Joan Rivers. Joan, I wish. Joan Allen is the runs the prison, and basically she's created this death race where people, if they win five races, they get their freedom. And their one guy who wears a mask called Frankenstein gets killed in the last race, so um, he's their new driver. It's not very good. I will say that outright. It's just stupid fun. Uh, Gatling guns mounted to cars in a race, and you're shooting people. It's basically the high octane. Fun Fun, just stupid driving, um, killing. Basically, it. This sounds like the Running Man, but with cars. Kind of is. Now you mentioned that it pretty much is. I mean, all I see was the director was Paul W. S. Anderson, and I know this movie shit. Yeah, like he's. Boy, I always get mixed up with Paul Thomas Anderson, who are very different. <laughs> <laughs> very different. Yeah. So I, I just was flipping through channels, came across it. I'm like, I know I've seen this once. I'm gonna check it out again. It's like I said, it's just a fun racing, race, racing movie with killing and guns. <laughs> I mean, that could be fun if it's on TV, on um, like FX at like 10 in the morning. As the movies. Or midnight. <laughs> but yeah, if you're looking for something stupid to watch and love or, sh- or wa- racing and shooting, this is it. <laughs> or watch any movie by Paul W.S. Anderson, for that for that matter. Very true, too. Looking at his filmography. Wow, this guy makes a lot. I mean, he wasn't like Event Horizon, but God, those Resident Evil movies. And the Mortal Kombat in 1995. That one, that one, that movie a is... Ma- a cinematic masterpiece. That movie is so bad, it's good. And then the awful Alien vs. Predator. God, who keeps giving this dude money? What does he know? Or what does he know? 
I, I guess they make money because I, I know that some of us have, have been really successful. And he also but directed that cost, like, shitty Three Musketeers in Pompeii. But this movie cost like $50 million, this Death Race one, and it made like 75 So probably still lost money, even though that's way more than I thought this would be. Definitely more than I thought it would make. See, this was back when Jason Statham was like associated exclusively with garbage. <laughs> that's changed. I was going to say, that's kind Because you only joined Fast and the Furious and started doing other stuff. Like, it got coveted, but Wrath of Man is supposed to be really good. He was also in The Meg. Which is supposed to be not bad. The Expendables movies are good, minus the third one. Yeah, second one is the best. Mr. Christmas. Mm. So, so it's not like he's complete shit now. I mean, people like him for some reason. Maybe because he has charisma in the weird dude sense of being being charismatic by not having any charisma at all. Yeah, he's charismatic while not giving a shit. <laughs> I do like Tyrese Gibson. Ian McShane's also pretty much in garbage now too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he's always whatever. Great, whatever man. pays him. They give him a paycheck. Pitch- pitch- he's like, he's like, I'll do it. <laughs> also, fuck this movie. But I got paid. <laughs> Why is Ian McShane's best movie in like last ten years? Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> uh, John Wick. Oh, that's true. John Wick. The only good things he's in. I mean, he's pretty shitty in the third one with that end plot twist. Yeah. Which is like a blown take, but whatever. Oh, I'm gonna shoot you now. <laughs> I didn't get paid for more takes. <laughs> Alex, what's your pick for this week? My pick, Donda. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, only half kidding. You could do Donda if you wanted to. But they were going to get Kanye jokes, and that could go in directions we don't want to go in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in, in keeping with patterns, I, of course, watched a sad movie because I watched Hotel Rwanda. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Why? 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 You know, I asked myself that about halfway through but it's, it's really an excellent movie i mean it's you know about the rwanda genocide and it's a very sad film but it's very good it's also very refreshing to see don Cheadle do a movie that's not like a big budget movie for a giant paycheck because it's weird seeing him in space jam 2 now like oh yeah this guy could act <laughs> once not, long ago where he's hey. lg rhythm <laughs> hey he's the voice of donald duck now he's donald duck's real voice what yeah ducktales <laughs> DuckTales reboot when donald uh-huh. duck donald duck get gets his throat thing cured and his real voice is Don Cheadle. Okay, that kind of freaks me out. Like, you can't get voice, but what? what? But anyway, I saw Hotel Rwanda in, I think, high school. That'd be a weird movie to watch in class when everybody's just crying. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like, actually, I remember I remember no one gave a shit. Remember that specifically, it's like, it's like no one cared. Well, wow. I was going to say, maybe it's good because then you look around the class and who's not crying and they're like that's the CS that's a psychopath don't don't screw it with him well I, I think it's more people were like sleeping because it was high school lights go down then there goes up that's nap true. time <laughs> Even though it's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. I mean, like... It's I'm, not quite, that I'm not quite sure how you expect this conversation to continue. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, you know, I did think about doing Donda, which you should also listen to. <clears throat> but I had, I had to find something, and I had to stay in, in pattern. It's got to be a sad movie. Listen, I'd rather make Kanye jokes and talk about the Rwandan genocide. <laughs> Fair, fair, fair. Very depressing. Yes, the easy season is approaching. I'm I'm sure that there are more 
historically repeatable podcast than ours that talk about the Rwandan genocide that you can listen to. But you're a good movie, though. If you haven't seen it, you, you should watch it. Because it's kind of a forgotten historical event that didn't happen that long ago. Like, when was it? Like, 20 years ago? 25? Yeah, it was like, it was like the early 90s. Early, mid-90s. And yet, like, no one talks about it anymore. Yeah. And, and at the time, it was ignored, too, so. It also during 1994. Yes, that's, that's not that far off. I mean, Nick Nolte kicks ass in that movie. Oh, yeah. Angry Nick Nolte is best Nick Nolte. <laughs> like, there's well, a red line where he's just yelling at dudes the whole movie, like... But Alice is correct, though. It's very sad. Don't watch it if you're not removed to just be emotionally wrecked because it's about genocide. But good, good. Is that on anything, like streaming-wise? Uh, it's on Amazon, I believe, still. Okay. Okay, so for my pick, I'm going to talk about a show I watched months ago, but they took it off HBO. So I didn't really want to talk about a show that no one could actually watch because that's stupid. Um, but it's back now, so I actually can talk about it. Talk about it. And that is... The Larry Sanders Show. Um, th- this is a show that you probably heard mentioned, but like, and it's like no one's seen it really in the past like 20 years, but it's one of the most influential comedy shows of all time. It was like HBO in the 90s. It stars and was created by Gary Shandling. He plays a talk show host, a fictional talk show host, Larry Sanders. And it's the kind of the day-to-day operations of his talk show. You have celebrities that, that, that play themselves. Um, it's shot in this mockumentary kind of cinema, cinema verte style. It's excellent. Like th- this is the comedy that all modern comedies kind of extend from. Uh, it was it was one of the first to do cinema verte style. Everything was The Office. It was, act- it was actually Larry Sanders. Uh, it's super genuine. Which which inspired stuff like Iannucci's Iannucci's work, like uh, the thick of it, Veep, that stuff, which came straight from Larry, Larry Larry Sanders, and it's just really funny. It's a really accurate look into showbiz life, but it's also just extremely funny. Rip Torn and Jeffrey Tambor are hilarious. That's the thing about the show too is that like every everyone involved in it in the cast has some sort of major controversy. Uh, Gary Shandling, Jeffrey Tambor, Rip Torn, Jeremy Piven. It's not it's not it's not the A plus bunch, but separating artists from the art, the show is really is really good. And if you like comedies, I think it's a must watch. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of, a lot about it just from like if you see any interviews with people who created a comedy show, it's like oh, what have you you know where did you take from and they all see Larry Sanders and then most people go Larry Sanders what's that like me until you t- started talking about it <laughs> definitely, definitely heard about it yeah I'm, it, I'm interested yeah it's a it's a it's a really funny show it, it's it's extremely genuine um one of the best jokes that everyone talks about which I'll just say just so just to sell the show um uh do you guys know the Judds I think so they were they were a mother daughter country music music duo in the in the 90s um that performed for from together and one of them when on the judge was on the on the show and the announcer played Jerry Tambor introduced her as the Judd. <laughs> <laughs> and when he came back and they asked him about it, he just went, she was a judge. She was a single judge. Like Jeffrey Tambor is amazing in the show. Like he, he, he gives one of the greatest comedic performances ever. Um, he's, he, he's so funny. Gary, Gary Shandling also gives it his, his all. Also, if you haven't seen the H good documentary on Gary Shandling, I highly recommend it. It's a really good look into, into the mind of a comedy writer. That's a scary that, place. Yeah. in that process it is, it's, it's a very kind of heartbreaking story. Um, even though a lot of his actions have been called into question, it's still a really good look at the industry. But yeah, Larry, Larry Sanders, it's on HBO Max right now. I highly recommend it. If you like any sort of modern comedy, I mean, 30 Rock. 
Kerber Enthusiasm, all of those. Larry Sanders is the reason why they exist, and I highly recommend it. it, it it's, it's, it's extremely funny. Now, speaking of comedy movies, uh, Justin, you have to watch The Birdcage. Yep. Why don't you kind of go ahead and explain why you picked this movie? Um, it was just um, not too, not what, was it a month ago or so? The, the anniversary of Robin Williams' death came up, and I caught this movie, and I was just like, oh, this would be something fun to talk about because not a lot of people have seen it, but yet the people that have seen it always rave about it. And it's just a very underrated comedy, in my opinion, that not a lot of people have heard of. Alex, have you heard about it? Did you hear about it before Justin suggested oh, no, it? I, yeah, I had no idea about it before you suggested it. And then, yeah, like literally I saw there was somewhere screening it this week, too. I'm like, oh, people must really like this movie. But I, I had not heard about it. I, I saw it on Comedy Central like 10 years ago, like half of it. This is my first time seeing the whole movie. Yeah, I, but I caught it when I was in college or so just flipping through channels and all of a sudden I was like oh Robin Williams I'm like I don't think I've ever seen this and I was just like I'm like oh look Gene Hackman I'm like then Nathan Lane I'm like wow I have never heard of this that's a big cast like it made money too that's the weird thing it made like 180 million on a 30 million dollar budget so like it was popular it was successful and like no one talks about it just forgotten what's strange it yeah, especially since I mean the cast is loaded you would think like more people would have seen it and not just the cast it's directed by Mike Nichols who's a big director. It's written by Elaine May, who's a big comedy writer. The cinematography is by Emmanuel freaking Lubeski. The guy who did Birdman and Revenant and all that stuff. There's, there's serious talent behind it. You know, some of these big directors and everybody, they always have these movies as just like, you know, someone is seen somewhere, but you're like, how come this isn't talked about more? But, always... that's, but that said, what'd you guys think of the movie itself? I think some after watching it, rewatching it again, some of it hasn't quite aged as well. But <laughs> there's other things that have aged perfectly fine, I thought. And the Jeb Bush jokes have aged well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. They were making fun of Jeb Bush before it was cool. That <laughs> I, I was funny rewatching it also. I was like, oh, right. I forgot about these. <laughs> Did people even know who Jeb Bush was in 96? Was he, like, relevant? In Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess, actually, we should explain before talking about the movie in depth. The the Birdcage, it's about the owner of a drag queen nightclub, played by Robin Williams, um, and his partner, played by Nathan Lane, their son, played by some random dude, (laughs) 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 who I don't care enough about to look up. Um, Dan Futterman? Dude, his character pissed me off. I'm not going to give him the respect. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a, yeah, that guy's an asshole. I mean, he's pissed me off. Anyway, he's, he's, he's getting, getting married to the daughter, played by Cuesta Flockhart, of a powerful, very conservative U.S. senator, played by Gene Hackman and his wife, by Diane Reese. And they are trying to basically make them happy by convincing him, by convincing Gene Hackman's character that they all live in like a straight, normal, Christian means conservative family when really they run a gay nightclub it's a pretty clever concept that i think is pretty funny mm-hmm. um they, it, they pull out of well i think well because we'll be, be, it, it has potential to be in really bad taste and i don't think it's bad taste no well that's because none of it none of them are the butt of the joke the joke is all things that happen throughout the movie there's not they're not making fun of being in drag or being gay it's just situational kind of humor like when gene hackman's trying to get out of his house 
through a ladder in the back and all of a sudden all the news crews are just around him interviewing him and he's just sitting there on the ladder answering the questions before he <laughs> climbs back into his through the window like the, the generic politician answers and then he climbs back into his window what well, i think the reason why it works is i think the movie's really big uh, story thing is culture shock right not not only is about the christian conservative people trying to kind of adapt to lgbtq culture you have the gay community trying to adapt itself to christian conservative culture mm-hmm. and, and and it's comedic both ways mm-hmm. um i guess i guess the big sell with this movie we should talk about is the acting i mean yeah. big, big name stars that i think pull off the roles really well it's weird kind of seeing robert williams kind of he's most he's essentially playing the straight man but he also has like all these killer one-line jokes yeah he's not like the wild character like like usually he kind of he's actually the one who's the most like uh kind of business-like as far as like how he's going about trying to make this happen until the story demands he be crazy which is then fantastic yeah because it's robin williams right that's like what he does mm-hmm. but it is weird seeing him be out crazied by nathan lane <laughs> like like that that energy is just who steals this whole movie i mean he steals this whole movie and they have great chemistry together. You like, actually believe they're they're a couple. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. And he's not generally comedic, but like Gene Hackman has comedic timing down extremely well. Yeah, he does. That leaf speech, like the monologue, what the believes, is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. The change of the seasons as you drive. You're trying to make small talk and chat. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, the acting is is superb. Part of it is just how Mike Nichols works as as a, a director. He comes from theater, so I noticed that like a lot of the staging of of it seems like it's kind of like a play because it's like lots of long wide takes that just. Like, the actors act mm-hmm. I don't think that worked all the time but when it did it was really good especially like in the um, the dra- drag club scenes worked really well mm-hmm. I-, I guess for like me- especially the end I mean the end sequence with Gene Hackman you know and dressed in drag trying to, yeah. <laughs> trying to get him drag, out of the club Gene Hackman and drag trying to get the club will live rent free in my head <laughs> For, for a very long time. Because he's just like slow, like very quietly singing the song, like, hope no one sees me. But like he kills it. And, and, and again, the kind of is like kudos to, to the actors, kudos to, to, to the director. Like that, this movie could have been very offensive very quickly. Yeah. And, and it's not. Well, I think it kind of... It kind of does at points because I don't think uh, Hank Azaria's character ages very well yeah, nowadays. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, probably not. But I think, you know, and I think, you know, if you look around, like the, the current reception also shows that, like, it does a good job because it's not like one of those movies that people look back on like, oh, this whole thing is aged like shit. It's like well, people still, the people who have seen it still really like it. Well, the thing, the nice thing is, is he's just one character, but the other characters act like normal human beings. They're not over flamboyant and they act like real characters. It reminded me a lot of something like The Ringer where the the plot could be pretty controversial, but there's so much compassion in the script that it's not offensive at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, at least I didn't think it was that bad. I don't know if I'm, if I'm the best judge of, <laughs> <laughs> of what is offensive and what is not in this category, but... I never know anymore. 
they seem the actors seem to be having fun and they seem to be playing good with it and there's some clever jokes like like the big plot twist that everyone probably knows from this movie spoiler if you haven't seen this old movie that it's as old as i am um the whole big thing is that nathan lane has to pretend to be the mom of the family and nails it pretty well like like it there's so many funny jokes with that that are all one one by one. Like I didn't stop laughing during the last half hour of the movie. Yeah, that that yeah the the final act is fantastic, and also it, it fits. You know, it's one of those things that also services the character because the whole movie they're basically trying to get him to act like someone different, and when he acts more like himself, that's actually what works. And Gene Hackman loves him. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're yeah. all dancing and stuff. That was really funny. He gets all mad. Rob Williams cares. Like, he does not let her do anything. He's got to be in charge. And that's not right. <laughs> She's a strong, independent woman. <laughs> and then at the end, is like, how many wives do you have? He's like, o- only one. And she pulls off the wig and it's like, I understand. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, she happens to panic. <laughs> but he, he he plays that part so well. Um, I will say, though, that the movie was kind of losing me before the dinner scene. Yep. I agree. Well, specifically for me, like the first the first act is like 40 minutes long. Yeah, it, it's a lot. So I thought, yeah, the pacing was a little off until like it kind of found its way eventually. And yeah, then yeah, it gets yeah, the dinner scene and it's really good. Once once the families meet, that's when it, it's great. Yeah, because that, that's when the actors can actually like act off each other. It's you when really get, get it's them going. Basically, when hot and cold meet, it's like you're waiting to see that chain reaction of events that's about to happen. I mean, I think my like, you know, it was still, it's still like well done, but I think my issue until that point was like the movie also knows you're literally waiting for that because they're <laughs> on the road to go have that happen and then they have to cut back to the car to remind you that they're coming and it's like yeah i know that's what i want to see <laughs> can we can we get well, there like, they're, they're like jar jar martin don't worry they're coming they're well, coming well, I guess that's, an, that's an important question right is all of the stuff with Gene Hackman's family. Do we really need most of that? Not really. Right. There's some stuff like to, to set them up and like there's a couple of good gags with it, but like eventually it kind of feels like it's running over the same territory until they meet. All you really need is the setup that that there's some controversy surrounding him because of the other senator dying um, and he's trying to avoid the press. And trying he, to turn he, his image around. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, all, that's all you really, really need. And instead we get all these cutbacks that really I do think hurt the pacing of the movie mm-hmm. because Nathan Lane and Run Williams have this energy and, re- and that's the plot right is them trying to get ready for their for this dinner and like you said Alex we know they're coming we know it's happening mm-hmm. we know it's gonna happen it's not like it, they're gonna uh, pull it, a twist and they crash off the side of the road and that never happens it almost creates more drama and tension when you only when the first time you see those characters is when they come at the dinner but I don't know if you could get away with that it'd be a little hard I think but but they're almost like used too much by the time they get to it yeah and also it's one of those things of we get it they're republicans they're conservative they don't don't like the lgbtq community we get it We know and that's then, the well, dichotomy. Yeah, they, they, they finally do like different variations on that joke and dichotomy when they're like in person. Mm-hmm. And then like it's funny at first and it's funny at the end, but then in the middle, it kind of it just kind of sags a little bit. Because it's the same joke. Just in different forms. Like you said, eventually they kind of play with it a, a little bit, but it takes a long time to get there. But when they, when they do, it's really fun. It's it's yeah. just fun. Elaine May is a really good comedy writer. She has been for, for a while. And then she made Ishtar and that flopped and then she 
disappeared until Birdcage came out. <laughs> but it's a it's a really funny movie that I'm surprised people have forgotten. It's weird because like it's weird seeing Robin Williams get out crazy by kind of both Nathan Wayne, but to an extent Gene Hackman too. Yeah, like like have Robin Williams be in a room and not be the funniest person in it. I think that was kind of set up to be like it's like you're gonna get your one liners and everything and jokes, but you gotta play it straight. You're not gonna be the crazy one. Well, well, and Robin Williams already did dread. That's true too. He he misses Doubtfire. Like like a lesser Cinematic director masterpiece. That is a good movie. A, le- a lesser director would have would have had him be Nathan be Lane's the kid. drag queen character. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too at this point he was doing like you know Goodwill Hunting was around this time like he had a few more sh- like straight serious well this isn't serious but you know like pulled back roles versus his usual but yeah like, it's not his usual role it's not it's not it's a comedy but it's not like the traditional robin williams goofball comedy but like you also said he gets he does get his opportunity to go kind of crazy like essentially nathan lane is the crazy one in the beginning and robin williams is more of the straight man and then slowly through the dinner it kind of flips where robin williams is running around crazy having all this and then Nathan Lane's character is calm confident and just being basically himself and mm. trying to that's actually that's actually kind of interesting I mean, it had to be intentional right yeah that Nathan Lane was oh yeah I noticed they were doing that uncomfortable and then Robin Williams had to kind of hide pretend in, in that what when 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 before it was the other way around and it, and and I think part of it is since this was the '90s, based off of based off a of French film from the '70s. I don't know if they could outright say that Nathan Lane's character was trans, um, even though they, they kind of subtly hinted at it. Yeah, like they talk about it at the beginning a little bit, and then it's not really brought up again. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they could at at, the, at that point. Right? Yeah, somebody would have come at him. It was the '90s. I mean, obviously, you could do do that now, and it'd be perfectly acceptable. But, but back then, it was probably a little more. Of a risque stretched cell, but it still works. It's it's still really funny, um, and and surprisingly inclusive. I mean, it was successful. People liked it. And I mean, over you they said might- you saw a screening of it, so I mean, someone it wasn't in film too. Yeah, it was in film. It was in thirty five millimeter. Yeah, so at like a prestigious theater. So like, yeah, people are people want to go see it and like see it as like an important film. I'm surprised that like Shout Factory hasn't done a Shout Select on it or something like that because it, it is a it is a well-regarded movie that that just has kind of been forgotten to time because it's not i guess i don't really know why it's been forgotten maybe because it's not one of Robin williams like big ones mm-hmm. it's strange because like like t- to me this is why i like Robin williams as, as a comedic actor is when it is when he's controlled and when he only goes crazy when it absolutely requires it he's great like stuff stuff like good morning vietnam um birdcage like that's to me when he's at his best at least for comedy mm-hmm. it's shit it's shit like Popeye when I hate him well I don't know who to blame for Popeye it was Everyone. a Popeye movie which you expect but, but like that's fair it's, but it's also just him doing the creator stuff and it's like oh my god <laughs> I want to turn this off mm-hmm. yeah. yeah who thought it was a good idea to make a multi-million dollar Popeye musical I mean they built a village for that movie Start the the PCU Popeye Popeye Cinematic Universe, you know. Like yeah, I'm I pretty sure an olive oil village. movie. Directed by Robert Altman. Wait, what? Released by Paramount and Walt Disney. Wow. Walt Disney, I think, had a big role in making it. That's so weird. That's so that weird. Is weird. And I'm pretty sure that the town that they built to film on is still standing. 
All right, let's reboot it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Don't give them ideas. Oh, they, they've been trying to do an animated one, but Danny, but Danny Tretikowski. Uh, that should pop by. I don't. I mean, maybe make it gritty and dark. I don't know. <laughs> Popeye, you have to hear the slow pop music cover of the Popeye intro song. Are they gonna pull a um, Family Guy Popeye. joke and basically like Popeye? Those arms are not supposed to be like that. They're tumors. <laughs> I want to see who would, who would play Popeye in a modern day film of you in live action. Tom I, mean, Hardy. I, was, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was literally just gonna say Tom Hardy for the solar burn. He has to have his mouth covered, of course. By something. Well, he'll have the pipe in his mouth the entire time, so we still won't be able to understand half the stuff he says. Dude, I don't care. I fucking love Popeye cartoons. Anyway, back to Robin Williams. We got rid of Topic. <laughs> back to back to Robin Williams in the Birdcage. Um, Robin Williams. I think people get so caught up with his big films that they forget some of the smaller, really good stuff he did. Not like the Birdcage. Mm-hmm. Like every. Everyone always talks about Goodwill Hunting. Um, what's some of the other ones? Um, uh, Dead Poets Society. Poets Society. Uh, Mrs. Vietnam. Doubtfire. Jumanji. Even though I don't like his Jumanji movie that much. Yeah. Aladdin. There, there's really good shit that he did that no one, no, no one really talks about. I don't ever hear anyone really talk about, um, was it Moscow on the Hudson or whatever? I haven't heard of that. Yeah, I haven't either. So that's, that's to your point. That's to your point. <laughs> he, he, he's Yeah, it's Mos- Moscow on the Hudson. He basically... He comes. He's from Russia. He comes over here and he defects, and it's basically him trying to adjust to being in America versus Russia. I got. I have to watch the, the Fisher King too. Oh, yeah. I've I've heard of that one at least. I've heard of that one. I've wanted to watch it, but I've never been. I think able there's to a criterion it. of it. I haven't found it at Barnes and Noble ever. I love Terry Gilliam. So here, one hour photo is really well done. Good one too. Yeah, yeah. He's in. He's actually in lots of good good stuff, and his stand up is amazing. Mm. Yeah. He goes balls to the wall on that, too. Although we can't forget uh, his greatest role, uh, which is Flubber. I've actually not... I've only seen parts of Flubber. You haven't never seen Flubber? I think I, I saw Flubber once as a kid. I don't fully remember it. It was more of a fever dream, which I guess that movie also is. But I I know I've seen it. I saw it in a daycare <laughs> multiple times, so I was there. Oh, he was just in Fern Gully, which I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure I saw. It's one of those films that you're not sure if you actually saw or just made up in your head. Definitely yeah, saw if it, it even exists. Definitely um, saw that. She plays like the bad... I remember because Tim Curry plays, I think, a singing smoke cloud or yep. something like that. And he plays a bat. Yeah, he plays a bat. Because he, he was pissed at Disney for violating their agreement on, on Aladdin. Mm-hmm. So then he didn't come back for the second one, but he came back for the third one. Well, because Robert Williams wasn't was really... three? Yeah, 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 there were three movies. Uh, Aladdin, Aladdin, Return of Jafar, and Aladdin, King of Thieves. Wow. I, I owned Aladdin 3, and I was like, because because I didn't really own all the, all the Disney movies. I owned all the direct-to-video sequels. So I thought, like, Lion, Aladdin... Lion King, one and a half, or two, whatever it was. It was one and a half. Was a little, one and a half was a little bit after this, but, like, I thought Lion King 3... I'm sorry. I thought Aladdin 3 was Aladdin, so I was, like, five or six. Because <laughs> that's the one I had, so I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell is this? I mean, Aladdin 1 is way better. Aladdin 3 is not awful from what I remember from a movie I haven't seen in, like, 15 years. No, it wasn't bad. Second one took a dip because you don't have Robin Williams back. And because it was a pilot for a show. For a movie. Yeah, for a show. That ran for quite a while, I think. That he also wasn't wasn't a part of. Because he hit Robin Williams with a fucking <laughs> <Yeah. dance. laughs> He's not going to be so <laughs> I have a career. What am I doing here? <laughs> 
I, I mean, he, he typically did stuff sometimes like that just because um, he was just a super nice, awesome dude. He was on a, I, still, I mean, he was on a, a episode of Whose Line Is It Anyways? Which is a good episode. I love that show. But that's the thing. Like, every, I haven't heard anybody say a single negative thing about Robin Williams, like as like a person. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have either. Um, I think people said he was kind of a dick right before he passed away, but he also had dementia. Mm-hmm. But like he like he has interest like like he did like an ad for Legend of Zelda and weird crap like that. His daughter's name is Zelda. And then there's that weird. Do you guys ever watch the weird Doctor Who Doctor, Doctor Seuss TV special where Robin Williams reads Cat in the Hat? <laughs> No, but I no, kind of want to look this that. up now. And 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 it's and it's like he did it. He, it's like he he did coke and red cat in the hat. It's just bizarre. <laughs> That's an awesome special, just because that's I think that's the one that has the weird gospel version of Your Little Turtle. Oh, he's on two episodes. <laughs> he's on two episodes of the Larry Sanders Show. I really gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah, he plays himself, and in, in part, probably I think some of some of the better episodes. He wanted to play Hagrid in Harry Potter. Why not? Oh, cool. oh, it's right because J.K. Rowling wanted British only actors. That's why. Boo. Boo. Although I will say the Family Guy episode where Peter turns everyone in the, the world to Robin Williams. Williams. Robin Williams is extremely funny. Yeah. And they all like annoy the planet. And it's really funny because it does kind of show he can be kind of annoying. Um, yeah, too much can be a little too bad. But it's, it's, it's all in good fun. Yeah, the sad part was I think he passed not too long after that. So like that episode got like pulled for quite quite a while. <laughs> um, but like everyone, everyone's like making jokes and stuff, and at the end, Peter's like, "Oh no, it's sad bearded Robin Williams." Because <laughs> <laughs> because isn't, isn't that weird too that every time he he was in a drama he always had a beard. I know, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I always thinking about that. Like if he if he has a the beard, then like oh should I be prepared to be like sad? So in the birdcage, he's got just got the mustache so it's yeah so it's like he's gonna be kind of serious but it's still a comedy yeah apparently it was an episode of spongebob what truth or square oh that one yeah that that's one where he played himself oh because that was a 10 year anniversary special and had a bunch of celebrities like hi spongebob congratulations on 10 years like that that kind of yeah it wasn't like yeah the usual episode yeah it's not like he played a character on spongebob darn it are you guys ready for a hot take go Patch Adams is not that bad. I agree. But yeah, I, I, I will be honest. I give a lot of passes to Robin Williams movies just because <laughs> I enjoy them. Dude, and, I know you love Rob, Rob, Robin Williams. I was like, I was like, I knew what you think Murphy just like, it's because Robin Williams. <laughs> Dude, he's like, you hear about actors dying. This one was, I actually got upset when I heard that he passed. I don't know why. Well, not to get super dark, kind of depressing episode. I get super dark with it. But I, I think the fact that he was so happy on camera and and then we saw he died of suicide. I think a lot of people, myself included, couldn't really process that at first. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then you read a lot into why comedians commit suicide, which I, I won't talk about here because obviously that's way too sad to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some interesting articles on that if people are interested that they should check out because it's actually really compelling. But, but also he had dementia and I think was starting to lose his grip on reality a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's it's very sad. How, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I was Say, ready, 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 ready for a hot, another hot take, which isn't really hot in some circles, but it might be with you guys. I don't remember. Is it about the Francis Ford Coppola's greatest masterpiece, Jack? <laughs> no. <laughs> that is an abomination of a movie. 
Dude, what's with Francis Ford Coppola? Just like he—he he made some. Yeah, man, imagine making the Godfather, shit. the Godfather Two, Apocalypse Now, and Jack. <laughs> no, what I was gonna say is, um, fuck Hook. Hey, okay, no, <laughs> no, no, fuck you. No, fuck you. fuck you. No, no, you fuck you. <laughs> Hook is a good movie. Go Hook. fuck yourself. Hook is not a good movie. How dare you? How absolutely dare you? Like a lot of movies is only good because, or people won't like it because Robert Williams is in it and he's funny. I liked it because I saw it as a kid and I refuse to watch it again as an adult and I will tell you <laughs> that you are wrong anyway. Oh, does, does that mean I have, to, I have to make Hook my 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 pick for... I won't watch it because I've already seen it. You just say, is it really <laughs> a movie none of us have seen? The, the only part people remember from that movie is Rufio. Rufio. I remember the whole. I remember a lot about that movie. Bang I saw it a bunch of times as a kid. I saw it a bunch of times too. And I I don't I, I I don't like that movie. It's weird. I just I don't I don't enjoy it. I it can see weird, I can I, like I can see why people don't like it. I enjoy no, it. I, I like it. Yeah yeah yeah. Justin be on my side. We got him. <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to win a fight with Justin by a bet. I know that <laughs> he's not gonna side with me on anything with Robert Williams. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, positive. Here he also did Bicentennial Man. That's a weird movie. Yeah, I I know about the movie. I've never seen it, but like I know about it. And I remember it. I like I remember when it came out. I remember the end being really funny. <laughs> I don't remember why. I remember the end being really funny. Well, it's kind of sad because at the end he dies and his wife asked her to unpull the, ask the person to unplug her so she could die with him. Wow, dude, you've seen like every Robin Williams movie. I'm sorry, I'm looking at your letterbox and like I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at all of his on letterbox and I'm clicking on them and literally you've seen like all these movies. <laughs> I see like the ones that neither me or David have seen and I just fucking click on them and there's your rating. Have, you, there's... Seen, have, you, seen, have you seen Jack? Yes. That, that one I will say yep, is good. Got that. I have one star. Yeah. There's well, one. There's see. one I heard is really supposed to be funny, and that's like Death the Smooch, Smoochie. Death the Smoochie is shit. I have seen that movie. The movie's terrible. Mm. It should be good because I think it's Danny DeVito, Robin Williams, and I think Edward Norton. Yeah, I've heard some people Death, say it was pretty underrated. I hate that movie. I I do not like Death the Smoochie. Um, Toys is supposed to be pretty bad too. Yeah, I, I was. I didn't really even feel like a Robin Williams movie. I don't even remember half of it. I just remember, I think it was LL Cool J's in it. That's about it. What about, what about Old Dogs? That That's awful. Old, old Dogs is... I ha, yeah. I've seen that. That's it's just, not like a that's, no, no, important question. Is Old Dogs a sequel to Wild Hogs? No. <laughs> no. Like, I, I thought that John Travolta played the same character in both movies. And the other one, they're biker and Wild Hogs. Yeah, they're bikers. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Yes, I've okay. seen Wild Hogs. Okay, ready for a random hot take? Well... <laughs> Another one. I like wild hogs. <laughs> I also like wild hogs, and I've never been able to say this out in the open. Yeah, like, like I, I feel ashamed for saying it. Like, it makes me laugh. I very, yeah, I have a very specific memory of seeing that, like, in the theater and like having a good time. I have not watched it since. I would not watch it since, but I liked it. I saw it as an adult. I'm like this, is, like this still makes me laugh. Like it's really stupid. Mm-hmm. Tim Allen can't act to save his life, but. <laughs> Like that movie has a straight up monster cast too. Yeah, it does. Tim, uh, Tim Allen, John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, Lou Mitch Macy, Ray Oda, Marissa Tomei. Oh, I forget Stephen she's Tomlowski, in that. Uh, the hot Aunt May. 
I love that. That's a meme now. I don't, careful, if we if we bring up MCU Spider-Man again, I'm gonna get pissed. Oh, dude, dude, I'm just bringing up the, the memes, okay? I can Calm already down. see my, my blood pressure rising. Oh yeah, Kevin Dur- Durant is in it. He's not underrated. What? I, I really like him. Wait, who? Not the basketball player. Not, not the okay, best. yeah, you literally said Kevin Durant, and I'm like, no, why, is Durant. Durant. why is KD? Durant. Why is KD in Wild Hogs? He wasn't even in the NBA. Instead of, yet. Instead of ending with a T, it's a D. Okay. Yeah, 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 I know who you're talking about now. Also, I like the first Men at the Museum. First one, I also I, I like I like both of those movies. The first one is way better. There, there's three of there's, them. I haven't there's seen three. the third one. I haven't seen the third one either. This is the, the what is the theme of this episode? Alex saying there's three of them. <laughs> Yeah, 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 but there's, yeah, but there's three of them. I don't think anyone really saw the third. Yeah, that's why there's not four. Well, the pro- problem with that one is it's kind of like the, and this is gonna be a weird segue, but it's kind of like the Hangover series where the first one, it, the second one is just like the first one, just in a different location. So I never saw the third one because it was just like, yeah, I don't know how different it is from the first two. Because the first one I thought was a really clever kind of cute family comedy, and, and the second yeah. one is the same freaking movie. Um, but but with Hank Azera <laughs> as the villain, Robin Williams was good as Teddy Roosevelt in those. Dude had range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, if you ever on HBO. I wonder if it's on HBO Max. But there's the Robin Williams documentary. That's I'm scared to watch that. It was actually really good. I thought because I feel like it's gonna be really sad. Yeah, it is. But it's also you learned some things about him that you didn't really know. Maybe maybe I will if I bring bring myself to actually think I can handle that. Because it's sad stuff, you know, because everyone liked him. Mm-hmm. Do you know who also has a weird number? Who also has a weird amount of range? I don't think it's another credit. Nathan Lane. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch him in this and then go watch the OJ show on FX night and day. I didn't, I didn't know he was in uh, OJ until I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, is that is that Nathan Lane? Is Nathan Lane F. Lee Bailey? Why is Nathan Lane F. Lee Bailey? And he kills it so Why well. Why Bailey? I mean, everyone probably knows him as Timon. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Legendary duo, power duo, Timon and Pumbaa. Well, he actually started with Ernie Sabea, who plays Pumbaa in a bunch of Broadway shows. It's why they paired them. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, because they, they acted together in, 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 in a few things. I mean, because he, he came from musical theater, and he's really, really good at it. As it, well, he was actually up for a Golden Globe for the for Birdcage as well. Oh, Nathan Lane, mm-hmm. supporting or main? Uh, supporting. No, main. Do you know who we lost to? That's a good question. I should look at that. He's really good in this movie. He's probably the best performance in, in the movie. Because it was musical or comedy. Oh, Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. Oh, that's a comedy? Uh, For the Golden Globes. According to the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to win? Because you, you know when yeah, I watch gonna, Jerry Maguire, I, I, I'm just busting out laughing. <laughs> well, it's like one of those that's like has comedic. Yeah, it's it's like comedic elements, but it's, it's not as bad as The Martian, but it's certainly not a comedy either. I think that, see, I see that more of a drama than anything. See, um, see everyone knows him as Timon from Lion King, but me, an artist, knows him as Spot from Teacher's Pet. <laughs> He, that was him. right. And that was him. He was the dog in Teacher's Pet that became the one to be a boy. 
You're right. That was a weird fucking show. That was, yeah, nightmare material sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it became a movie. That's right. It made it a movie. I still have never seen the movie. I, I, I saw it. I think I rented it. Um, I don't, I mean, obviously I didn't see it in theaters, but mm-hmm. no kid. But I think, my, I think my dad rented it on DVD because I liked the show. And I think he had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> it's kind of a disturbing concept, right? Yeah. A dog that wants to be a child. So he goes to school. But but I, I remember the theme song kicking ass though. Mm. All, all the all the shows from that era, like the animated shows, had like great intro songs. Especially mm. Disney. See, just praise Disney. People can people can show up now. I will say it. Yeah, this yeah, is like that's our quota. The most un-Disney animation you'll ever see. Well, I think it's designed by the guy who did the box art for all those cranium games or cranium. So so it's got this really unique, almost Cartoon Network esque art style. Yeah, it does. Because like the kid, like the kid, the kid who owns him, it's like white as a ghost. <laughs> And that, also, kid, that kid freaked me out. Well, it has a really good cast, too, also featuring Jerry Stiller, Deborah Jo Rupp, and David Ogden Steers. But that, and they like had, had a weird, really weird filmography. He's got some good stuff. Most, I mean, mostly stage shows, like, like Angels in America, where he played Roy Cohn, which I'm sure he'd be really good at, but, you know, that is theater. I still got to see that producer's movie he's in. Yeah. Yeah, but his his one sucks. If you're gonna watch it, watch the good one, the Zero Mostel. I, I, I mean, so, so sadly, the musical moment Nathan Lane just isn't isn't any good, except for Will Ferrell. Wait, he's gonna be in an Ari Aster movie? What the fuck? I feel like everybody's in that movie. Like, I feel like every two seconds, I'm like, oh, this person's in an Ari Aster movie. I'm like, okay. You disappointed Willowbury. I was like, Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Ryan, and Patty Lapine. Uh, I, I don't know who the, who the last one is, but I know who the other two are. He also, like, I don't, I don't, I don't really like the show that, that much. But the episode he's in of Modern Family is really freaking funny. They haven't watched much of Modern Family. He basically plays himself, and he and, and Ed O'Neill's character ends up marrying him on like a drinking binge. Uh, yeah, I wa- I watched that show like early on. I only have vague memories though. I don't think I saw that one. See, by the time I thought about watching it, I had everyone telling me it's such a good show, and I'm like, okay, I'm not watching it. It, it was one of those shows that got way too popular. Like Shit's Creek. <laughs> Shit's Key Creek and Big Bang Theory. Mm. Oh, fuck the Big Bang Theory. And friends still. Friends still. Still friends. Friends is still like the most known. I'm, I have never watched a full episode of Friends in my entire life. And people like are shocked when I think when I say that. It's not but it's true. really that great of a show. But anyway, I guess to give credit to the last major actor in this movie before we move on. Dude, Gene Hackman has such a weird filmography. <laughs> Well, he's one of those people who like really, especially as it got later on, like will only do movies he's like fully in on, like script to director to everything. So seeing him in this role and like going, you know, he did more out of his usual zone is really interesting. Yeah, in the state, so he was an ant. That's a weird movie. All right, yeah. he's the general dude. Yeah, 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 he's the main villain. That's a weird movie. <laughs> Um, Not a bad movie, another though. Basically, like retired or like said he won't do certain movies like a bunch of times, and then does them. Well, he, well, he 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 apparently was a nightmare on the set of the Royal Tenenbaums. Um, uh, apparently, he, he he threatened to fight Wes Anderson multiple times. And he was probably like what seventy. <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't fight him. He'd probably kick my ass. I was gonna I'm say honestly, real, even like, at that age, he looks like he could ass. kick people's ass. But he's still he's still a good actor. 
Oh, he, yeah, he's excellent. I mean, you know, watch him in Unforgiven and then watch him in this. Yeah, yeah Unforgiven, um, The Conversation. I forget that's him. It's so, like, out of his usual yeah, French connection. I not, you know, he's done a lot of, like, different kinds of roles. He's in The Replacements. Lex Luthor. Dude, what's with you in The Replacements? It's football season. I like, <laughs> I like, I like that movie. <laughs> I've actually never seen that one. I know a lot about it because that's one that gets a lot of references. Oh, it's right. He's in Get Shorty. That's an amazing movie. Damn, that just left Max. Otherwise, that'd, that'd be my my pick. Um, but that's a really good movie too. Now he's a novelist. He's in Bonnie and Clyde too. Probably has some. Random. Oh yeah. That's, that's probably one one. Yeah, that was early on. Yeah, I think he was one of the. I think he was one of the like the. I'm guessing he was one of the police or yeah, the cops after yeah. him or something. I think so. And then he became Lex Luthor. Wasn't one of his main schemes? No, no, he was, his... he was a member of the gang. Oh, was he? Oh, he was one of the people. He's, they must have picked him up at the very end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. He's not. Yeah, I don't know how how much they show him, or am I just not remembering it that well? Because I mean, it was all right. <laughs> he they're probably he did probably not shown much. Yeah, I don't remember that movie as well as I should. I mean, it was good. It just wasn't like as good as the movies it spawned. Basically, I more remember the other Gene that's in there. Who's, who's the other Gene? Gene Wilder. Well, that's right. He's like randomly in it. Yeah, he's like a random person. Hey, Rob or whatever. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Anyway, um, can I go back to, to the birdcage? The birdcage is a really good example of this weird phenomenon, too, of American movies re- remaking foreign movies because Americans don't like subtitles. <laughs> See, also, Parasite, coming soon. Well, no, that's a TV show. Yeah, but, you know. By Adam McKay. Well, aren't they, like, making a English version of the Raid movies, too? Yeah, they're doing it. They're doing yeah, why why would you remake a movie that's already not good? That already has an English version. It's called Die Hard and Dread. <laughs> Dread is like literally the same movie, but good. I'm sorry, but it's true. It, it is. Dread, Dread's, the, the Red has like one good action scene. Yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of them that I'm like, why did this get an English? You know, like, why would it get an English remake? Like, another round's getting one? Yeah, that one to me makes no sense because that's also like very steeped in Danish culture. Like, and I'm very confused as to why that would get an American. Don't movie. you have a friend from Denmark, Alex? I do. So, 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 thank you, Tony. I watched it. They were like asking him questions about like Danish culture. And, like, the movie yeah, is that's at Danish the end, like the thing when they graduate high school and they all go on buses and they binge drink all over town. I'm like, oh, what is that? <laughs> and they have those hats. They have like those hats. Yeah. So I heard all about that. Um, so unless the Leo DiCaprio version takes place in Wisconsin, it's not going to make a ton of sense. <laughs> that they, go, they go around uh, in pickup trucks and get cheese curds and Bud Light. <laughs> We're all from Wisconsin, people. That's why we made that joke. It's true. It's oh, it's very. Dude, I literally just had cheese grits today. Where'd you go? You're you're in California. Yeah, there's a, there's literally a place. Yeah, I know. There, I, I I just found a place today that has. Were they cheese any good? Curds. They actually were. It said. Well, I knew there was a chance. It said Wisconsin cheese curds on the oh, thing. So okay. I'm like, my interest is peaked. See, see, I live close by Ellsworth, which is like the cheese curd capital of Wisconsin. So I like so like like a bit like, like, my family will drive 20 miles just to get fresh cheese curds from this creamery. We're a weird folk. Yeah, we, we're, we're weird folk here in Wisconsin. But anyway, The Birdcage is a remake of La Caja Fall. It's a French-Italian comedy that's basically the same exact movie. Um, it's not even the first American remake of it. It got a stage version called La Caja Fall, which was a multi-tony winner. 
Um, very, very popular Broadway musical, probably more popular than, than The Birdcage. They, they should bring that back and cast that, uh, who's that very famous French actor? Don't worry. Juicy. Juicy. Don't worry. Very French. You know what? I'm not going to make it. Is Sam's not listening, is she? <laughs> Yeah, but she is. She's napping. Don't don't say. She's napping. Don't 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 say anything. Because it won't. It won't what? It's more the joke I was gonna make. Like, do I do I wanna make this? <laughs> say no. he, say he is. Well, 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 we know. We can just cut it. She's not listening. All I was gonna say is Juicy is already gay, so it's like. Big. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, oh, it works though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't leave these jokes in. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, it's a French. What's really weird, though, I will say about like looking, doing, doing research. I think like original actor of 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 this character, they're like a character and and be actually be a gay man playing the character. Mm-hmm. Which I think, which I think is like interesting, kind of culturally, um, kind of where, kind of kind of where we're headed. But also, you know. You know, cut this part out. <laughs> we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, cut, cut that part out. Um, God, we can hear this. But yeah, the musical is really popular, and I'm surprised the Birdcage exists just for that reason. Um, especially because like Lacage Shall Fall, the musical in America is pretty is pretty big. Um, it's got some good productions. A lot of songs people know, like I Am What I Am. Um, the best of times. Well, you know, we love to make uh, musicals into movies as well, whether it be Les Mis or Cats. Well, that's why I'm confused of, of why if they're going to make a Lacage off Fall remake, why not just do the musical? If it's well, already- I'm, glad they, I'm glad they didn't then. You know I want to watch that. <laughs> well, yeah, but the Birdcage is like the same movie. They just without the songs, which honestly, maybe the middle parts needed something to boost the bass. Wonder what the songs were. Any idea what the songs were about? Or uh, just yes. Ba- basically, the or was it just basically the conversations they had just in song form? I've done some research into it just just for this podcast. Like the big opening number is like is like is the drag show. It opens up like you're at Lakaja Fall. Um, when they they do a song. One of them, I am what I am, is about is like Albert accepting that he's a gay man. I guess Albin in 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 the French version, he's accepting that that that, that he's gay, and basically is when he decides that that he is going to become the the, 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 the the man. Um, the best of times is now is the dance number that is in the Birdcage when when Jane Hackman dances with Nathan Lane. Except it's just a musical. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. in, in, in the musical, I don't know I don't know a ton about it. Um, my wife loves the Birdcage, so I'm sure if the musical ever comes to this area, I'm sure I'll have to end up watching it. However, weirdly enough, the Birdcage made me really interested in, I think, kind of kind of drag show culture. Like, I'm like, huh, that, that's kind of interesting. I could go to one of those. It was kind of interesting. They showed a lot of, never been to one, but they showed a lot of couples in the movie at the drag club. So it was kind of interesting. My parents went to one in Vegas, I think. And they, and they, and they talked about having a great time there. Hmm. Mm. Because they're like shows, right? They're like impersonators, I think, usually. Yeah. And they, and they, and they, do, and they, and they do big show numbers. Is it We Are Family? I mean, probably, probably now because of the movie, or they just avoid it because because of the movie. Movie. <laughs> I, I mean, my wife loved that symbolism of we are family at the end and the beginning to symbolize, you know, the growth of the characters. I thought it was on the nose, really, really, really bad. Oh uh, yeah, now I feel like an idiot for not connecting that, but it was like two in the morning that I finished this movie. <laughs> 
Um, because that, that's the part, the part, the part that that, that I remember. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of this movie was a little bit on the nose. I'd say at times it definitely was. It's a little bit like okay, we get it, especially with that. Not not to say that it's bad. It's just no, it's it's the good kind of on the nose. It's not the we just hit you with a freaking baseball bat upside the face and broke your nose. That kind of on the nose. Yeah, it's fairly well balanced. I would say like it's not too much. I think the movie. I, I don't. I don't think it's perfect i think that there's some parts that could be smoothed out especially like to, like to me the editing makes the beginning when robin williams meets with the son really confusing yeah i thought he was like yeah i thought he was like meeting with like a secret lover and like they interact and i'm like well that's a little stiff and then it's like oh that's because it's his son <laughs> Yeah, they, you could have told me that. It's supposed to be like a surprise, but they don't do it very well. No. Also, also, fuck the son. Dude, he's the whiniest motherfucker. I hate that kid. Yeah, I, I hate that character. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's, yeah, an he's asshole a dick. Whole time. Nathan Lane raised him, and he's like, "No, I want my real mom." Yeah, it's like, get the, the fuck out of here. Well, and they didn't give much to the daughter to do either. Barbie, no, Barb. Barb. No, I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, honestly, both of them, they were not really characters. I did not know anything about them. They were basically just well, there to other get. Other than that, the son complains. Yeah, they were basically just there to get the two families to meet, and then hijinks yeah. ensue. And then, then let yeah. the actual talented actors <laughs> just steal the show, yeah. Then Tay take over and to do something. But he was, I was, I was, I was getting like so mad watching the movie. I'm like, why is this guy so mean? Yeah. Oh, I hated him so much. And, and I, mean, I forgot end, about it at the end because. Well, at the yeah. end, it's like he just accepted, um, accepted Albert. Yeah, dude, you spent the last like how many days just trying to get rid of him? Down and saying it was good, and now just suddenly he's good enough because you got. Because you got exposed, not because you actually like saw a slightly error of the way. It's because you got it's because you got found out. Screw you, dick. <laughs> what an ale. Good movie though. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess final final ratings on the birdcage. I gave it a four out of five. I had a lot of fun with it. Like you guys said, there's a lot of those parts where it kind of drags in the middle. But once you kind of get to that dinner scene, it kind of makes up for all that. The, the end does like save the movie in a lot of ways. Mm. The third act's so good. It's nonstop laughs. But I can't forget the fact that, that the first hour hour or so, maybe more, is is... Has some laughs, has some funny scenes like the buttering the the, the buttering the, the toast scene, the walking scene. Mm-hmm. That stuff's pretty funny, but like it's pretty few and far between. Alex, where are you at? Uh, I would say three and a half. I think it's the same things you're saying. It's just the the first like forty minutes to an hour probably bothered me more, but it was still enough to like that I was rolling with it. Like, all right, I'll see what happens, and then by the end, I mean the end is just fantastic and really like lifts the whole experience i think i have it marked at four right now about probably lower to three and a half just because i i've come lower after watching it because because you know right right it's over and like all oh, that dinner scene was so good because that's what i just got off of yeah but thinking about thinking about the earlier parts I'm like those really weren't that great hey at least they ended strong you gotta give them credit for that sometimes movies start strong and then you're like dragged to the ending and you're just like ugh. 
Right, it's better yeah. to end strong, definitely. It leaves more of an impression and makes when it sticks to landing, it's a better film. Like I probably wouldn't have it for if that was if the dinner scene was more in the middle or something. Well, in the opening scene, um, like the opening like, shot of the, of the drag club is really good too. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 yeah, almost, almost, almost like Paul Thomas Anderson watched that before making Boogie Nights because it's <laughs> literally I have to see the front. I have to see if like I would have to go back and see the the French. Does anybody know how that opens? Because if it opens oh, with don't. that shot, then it would be like confirmed for sure that that's and like okay like i swear like every like film student or like so many professors will like talk about how amazing the boogie nights open is which it is like a better version of this but i'm like yo it's literally the same i was like this is this is exactly like the opening of boogie nights even like the car driving past as it walks across i'm like this is literally the opening of boogie nights but this came out first mm-hmm. and the french one was like really popular too so it might because the french one has sequels i did confirm I looked up on Google like somehow nobody's talking about this I would have to see if it's in the French one but I literally found Paul Thomas Anderson raving about the birdcage I'm like well he saw it <laughs> do we know when here let, let, let's do some investigating right now La Caja Fall opening scene Let's see if my detective skills expose him. Expose him. Let's see if we can expose. I'm not. I'm not seeing it on YouTube. On YouTube, it's on Amazon Prime. So we 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 can. Um, here we go. Opening off the VHS tape. Let's go. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Oh, sorry. YouTube's freaking out on me. Okay, skip ahead. Okay, movie's coming out. Oh my goodness! Is it? Dude, dude it does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it opens with a with a long take outside the club into the club. Awesome. Um, Literally, everybody's been like circle jerking PTA for like the the past twenty almost twenty five years, and he he took it from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a little upset right it's now because of how many people I've heard talk about it. Right, it is better. There's some of the others. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing. It's It starts outside the club, long take into into the club. As it'll be Which I, know, I have no problem like, taking that or like referencing, you know, it's like referencing callback order. It's just the way people act about it. Like he's like the biggest genius of all time for coming up with the best long take ever in this opening scene. And it's from another movie. But you know, I mean, yeah, but that's- how many great directors have good opening scenes to entering a club or something. I mean, even, uh, what's Martin Scorsese's one? Oh, Goodfellas. Yeah, the going into the club in that one, too. So, I mean... Yeah, but it's not the right, opening that, scene that, of right, the movie. This, True. Well, it's also more like the way it's shot is exactly the same. The car drives past, it goes across the street into the thing. The directions it takes are, like, the same versus Goodfellas. Like, it follows them down the stairs and him, like, you know, he knows this person, this person, he's waving this person off, they go through. Like, so it's kind of fun. It's a little different, I think. Also, True. I should correct myself. Uh, there, there was a play before the French movie, which became another play, which became another movie so so a lot of plays in there also i'm seeing this other thing too apparently mgm has a side-by-side of the birdcage versus Le Caja fall and the fact that you have to have that means someone did something wrong in my opinion <laughs> see we remade it and you came and tell the t- 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 difference well then why the hell did you, you remake made, it yeah. if, they're, if, they're, if they're the same movie 
then why does it matter? Like it's like that cycle. I think I think Alex's editing class, you were there, right? Where where they had watched that one video where they cut back back and forth like every set frame from the original Psycho to the Vince Vaughn remake. We did that. Yeah, Charlotte had like the same movie. Yeah, that's the why. I mean, remaking Hitchcock is like enough blasphemy in itself. <laughs> it's like, also like Bohemian Rhapsody. We're like, oh, they remade Live Aid. Well, duh. Anyone with budget could do that. It always yeah. comes back. It always comes back to Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> well, everyone makes it like, oh, they did such a good job. They remade but they did this. Live Aid. It's like you get any trained monkey. I mean, I mean, literally, that's what college students do. That's like every cinematography, like interesting photography assignment is reenact shots from this movie. Get the lighting right, the framing right. It's 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 a very common thing. It's not an accomplishment. It means you had money. <laughs> oh, congratulations! Someone gave enough money to reenact Live Aid. Wow how how are you able as a director to so accurately recreate Live Aid? Money. We had, we had video. Money. <laughs> Money and YouTube. <laughs> we, Brian Singer just popped that up on YouTube and just, well, I got this. Anyway, uh, I'm going to say we're out of time. We've been talking for a long time about Maruva, Kaja, fuck, but the, the birdcage. I've lost track of what the hell we're talking the about. Bird <laughs> yeah, the birdcage fall. Yeah, the birdcage a Afole is a, is, a really, is a really good movie. A very um, famous, very French film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we all had, 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 had a good time. It's on HBO Max currently. If you have that, um, otherwise it airs on TV quite often. Uh, so I'm sure you'll you'll see it on at some point in the near future. But other than that, um, that's it. Let us know what you think of the movie if you've seen it on our YouTube page or our Facebook. I would love to hear what you, you 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 think. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. This is David Yanish for Alex over on this tonight. So thank you so much for listening listening to the episode Idiot Plot. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Idiot Block. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get a notification every time we drop a new episode. Also, follow us on Facebook and Letterboxd. The links are in the description.